Uh, welcome, everybody, to Rise Church. So glad that you're here with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all those who set up for you today. We're so glad that you're here, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. Have you ever guest with us? I always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. And here's why. I know that when you come to a new church or a new place, you never get the best experience on the first experience. And so come back a few times, check us out, and hopefully you'll enjoy it today. Welcome to uh, Ugly Sweater Weekend. And so how many of y'all participated? Raise your hand. Come on. All right, so let's just do this real quick. Like, like you know, like y'all are models or something. Stand up if you got an ugly sweater on, like you're proud of it. Come on. Come on. Participate. Let's have some fun. Here we go. All right, everybody, do a little twirl so everybody can see it. Come on. Like, just turn around. Say, I win. All right. Yes, I win. All right. You can sit down now. You know, uh, you're welcome. I am wearing the best sweater. It's not really an ugly sweater. This is this is a beautiful sweater. This sweater is powerful. I'll show you. I want to know. I'll just show you. I'm going to give you an idea of why it's powerful. You're welcome. I thought maybe I should just preach like this. But then my wife said, you can't preach like that. You're already distracting enough. And so I'm going to turn it off. But I want you all to know this thing is just got a touch to it. So anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we're going to have fun today. Hey, I want to welcome everybody watching in Facebook Live and Digital Land. So glad that you're with us or listening on our podcast. We have several hundred people to do that uh, every week. And uh, if you are on Facebook, will you do me a favor? Will you check in and let people know you are at Rise Church? We've actually found out that it's been a great conversation starter with friends. Uh, you'll never know how many people want to come to church with you, but didn't know you go to church. And that's one of the ways they do that. So go ahead and check in. Let people know that you're here today. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians is in the New Testament, and uh, it's a letter that Paul wrote to the church in a city called Ephesus, and uh, we're going to read from there today, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, an end, our holiday survival guide. But before we get there, I want to mention to you, uh, in two two days, it'll be in two days, so on Tuesday, we're going to have our Christmas Eve services at Rise Church, and uh, it's going to be amazing. Let me just tell you, I've talked to a creative team. They've got just some amazing things planned. There's going to be giveaways for your kids. We got some surprises in store. You're not going to want to miss it. And so what I'm telling you right now, like make a plan to invite someone. Again, what, what's the point, right, to be a Christian and hold it all to yourself? You got to share uh, really what God's doing in your life. And if you enjoy Rise or you feel like it might fit their uh, style or help them in their family, invite them. Uh, the, most statistics say 80 to 90 percent of people will say yes to you to come to church on Christmas and Easter. Now, that's great odds. How many of y'all know that's great odds? If you want to invite, if your neighbor's driving you crazy, this is the time to get them to church. Come on, right? If mama's driving you crazy, if your cousins are driving you crazy, I'm just telling you, get someone to church, invite your whole family, invite your um, your neighbors and your friends. This is going to be a time to bring them. Everybody say, I'm going to bring. No, come on, like you mean to say, I'm going to bring Somebody. There you go. Make sure you bring somebody, and they're going to be here. We're going to have four services for you, uh, all starting at 1230, leading up to 5, 1232, 3.30, and 5 o'clock. It's going to be awesome, and you're not going to want to miss it. So anyway, we're going to get into uh, Ephesians chapter 4 today. We've been wrapping up. Uh, we're going to wrap up the this, this Holiday Survival Gate sermon series. Week 1, we talked about judging favorably, looking at people the right way, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Week 2, we talked about the second thing in the survival guide was to speak vitally, speak life. How many of y'all know you can speak death with your words? You can tear down or you can build up. We want to build up as Christians. Last week we talked about living wisely and how it's not just uh, or loving wisely and not just letting everybody into your life and having conditions, having biblical mandates so people can know they can't come in. When Jesus said we're Christians, we don't have to be Christian doormats. Come on, can I get an amen, right? And so you and I uh, can live Christian uh, by living wise, loving wisely. And today I'm going to make, um, it's the holiday season, 
So I thought I would do the most appropriate thing and offend you as best I can today. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about forgiveness. Now, I've been a pastor for many, many years. No one likes it when I t- talk, on, talk about this. No one. No one says, like, if I've ever done, like, a poll, like, hey, what do you want me to talk about? No one ever says forgiveness. Y'all want, like, blessing and love and, and God and peace and Jesus and how do I make a million dollars? But don't tell me how to forgive because when I got to learn how to forgive, that means I got to figure out and learn about the thing that I got to forgive someone about, Right? And I got to think about that person. I don't want to think about that person. Pastor, stop talking about that person. Like, we need to talk about it. Because honestly, you might now, right now, probably maybe you brought them here. You're, you you got to deal with the person that you got to forgive this holiday season. And we don't forgive because it's a good idea. We forgive because it's a God idea. And so we want to learn how to do that today. In Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to give you some context. Paul's writing from a prison to a new church who's dealing with people and learning how to deal with people who have issues. And you and I, here's what I know about life. If you deal with people, they got some issues, right? Yeah, yeah, they got issues. You want to know why I know that? Because you're sitting to someone right next to someone, and they got issues. So we're going to read about them. Ephesians chapter 4, it says this, You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Everybody say former. This is important. He says, put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. You have this old way of doing things. If you're a Christian in here, you had an old way. You had an old self. You had a former. And now you have someone he's going to talk about that, that, that is, is now new in Christ. But your former way, in verse 23, he says this. He says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. And he goes on in verse 24, and put on the new self. That's it right there. The new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You're not created to be God. We're created to be like God, like to be in his likeness, to be close to God, to be close to Christianity. And so you, you and I both have this choice to live like we used to or live like we can be in Christ. And he says there's this, there's this tension that you have. Then he jumps to verse 30 and he says this. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So don't make God grievous. Like don't, don't upset him. He said, here's why. Because in verse 31, he says, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. This is the old self. He said, this is what you used to be before you met God. And now, he goes, goes on in verse 32, he says, be kind. Now this is your new self. This is what you want to do. He says, you want to get rid of that, then put this stuff on, compassionate to one another, forgiving. Everybody say forgiving. That's important. Each other, just as Christ God forgave you. That you, you, you and I have this way of living. Then we're going to jump to Matthew chapter 6. I want to read Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus is speaking. I like how he says this. He says, for if you forgive, everybody say forgive. Forgive other people when they sin against you. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I like that. He says, listen, there's an incentive behind you giving. That God actually is, 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 is almost given a license and freedom to forgive you when you start to do it. And he says in verse 15, he says, if you do not forgive others of their sins, your, brother, your father, you're not forgive you. Like, that's important. He's like, let me double down. Let me give you the opposite. Like, there's some big things hanging in the balance on whether or not you forgive someone. And the tension comes is that, like, I can judge favorably, give people the benefit of the doubt. And then I can even, like, speak vitally. I can speak life, try not to use, speak death with my words. And then, you know, I can live wisely. I can love wisely. I can love people the way God loved people. 
and, and even have conditions. But man, when you get to this forgiveness thing, that's hard. Because I got to forgive those people that, that might have hurt me. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The fourth step in the Holiday Survival Guide is to forgive fully. Forgive fully. So if you're taking notes, that's the title of my message, Forgive Fully. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, I honor you today, God. We, we pray that no matter what notes that I've prepared, Lord, I know that you have prepared a message specifically for us. I pray that we don't waste this time. I pray that we don't neglect this time, that we don't take it for granted. God, you have something to, to change inside of all of us, including me today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Um, how many of y'all ever saved up money for something like over a long period of time and then you went and bought it, right? Anybody ever done that before? Like where you saved up money? Back, you know, before you used to really used to do that a lot before credit cards were around. Like the, the presence of credit cards allow you to go and never, like you don't have to wait anymore. And I think that's, all, that's almost like not a good thing. You know, it's like you have the ability to make a bad decision instantly. I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And y'all remember what layaway was? Y'all remember layaway? Like, there ain't no layaway. Like, Walmart tried to bring it back. It don't work. They're like, why would I lay away? I, I got a credit card away. You know, like MasterCard won. You know, it just is what it is. And so, but there used to be a thing called layaway. And when I was a kid, we would like, you know, you, mom and dad would go and they'd put something and you'd pay for it over a long period of time. Some of you like millennials, you're like, what is that layaway? What does he speaketh of it, God? I don't understand. And so you waited. I know this sounds crazy, but you waited to buy something until you had the money. Groundbreaking. So one time, I remember when the new, when, when the flat screen TV first came out. How many of y'all remember that, right? Do y'all remember old TVs back in the day, like when they had like no remote control? I'm not kidding you. Like, you know, they're like, you're like, you're young. No, I literally had that. Like, I remember we had a TV that was on the ground and it was in like this big cabinet and the TV had what, a bulge that came out the front. Y'all remember? Right? You know, like my TV still had color on it, you know, like so it wasn't black and white, but I had to turn the knob. I'm like, what, you know, and some, like again, people, you know, some of the you young people, you're like, what, Netflix? There's no knob on my, my phone. I just pushed the button. And, and we had like, you know, the remote control in our house was the kids. I was the remote control for dad. He's like, go turn the channel, go, you know sports okay you know and so we would we would we had that team but but when when the flat screen it changed the game y'all could hang it on the wall like a picture and I'm like I got to get one of those but I didn't have enough money so what I did was is I, I saved my money me and my wife we got married and I had two small kids and and I'm like babe I'm gonna save my money we're going to go get a flat screen tv but I'm gonna save my money so I saved my money over a couple of years and guess what I saved enough money I went to the store I bought my tv now it wasn't gigantic but it was nice and it was like a flat screen it wasn't like you know these nowadays where they're paper thin but you know it was thinner than the tube TV, and so I was so excited. I brought it home, and I had it for a couple of weeks, and I remember going to work one day with my wife. I said, babe, here, remember the rule in our house when I brought the TV in? I said, hey, the rule is just keep my kids away from the television. That was my rule. Keep the kids away from it. You know, dad, when I was younger, he'd make me go turn the TV, so I was always near it. My rule was keep the kids away, because I had boys, and I just knew nothing good happens with kids next to electronics. So I'm like, I can't do that. So I go to uh, work one day. I go to work and I'm in my office at church and my wife calls me up and, and ladies, you have a tone in your voice when you call husband, husband, you when you call your husband, there's a, there's a tone of concern when something's wrong. I knew something was wrong when she, when she called, I answered the phone. She said, Hey babe. I said, what's wrong? 
And she said, uh, well, are you, are you sitting? Are you, are, you, are you okay? Are you doing okay? And I go, why are you asking me if I'm okay? Why, why am I not okay? I go, yeah, I'm okay. I'm in my, I'm, you know, she said, where are you? I'm in my office. She goes, no, like in life. Like, where are you in life? Are you okay? I'm like, why are you asking me that? Come on, guys. Y'all know what I'm talking to. He's already had that conversation with their wife recently. Okay, yeah. So I'm like, why are you asking? She goes, well, listen, um, you know, like your TV and I, my stomach just... Come on, guys. Y'all know, like, my stomach just sank. She goes, something happened. And she sent me a picture. And this is the picture she sent me of, of what happened to my television. And so I remember, and so just, can we just turn it off? No one challenges your forgiveness in life than your kids. That's the point. If you're in here and you're a child, you're a kid, and your parent is next to you, you should just thank God that they haven't given you away yet. You have given them more opportunities to let you be a part of other families than you even could imagine. And I had two kids at the time. They're twins. They look like each other. I said, babe, we could give one away. We never know. We'd never know. I mean, we, I need a because I struggled with forgiveness with my kids because that's what kids do. They just know how to get you. And uh, but you know what's funny is is life is full of these moments. And and you know that's a silly moment. Obviously, it's just a television. And and I love my children. But but like some of us are are really struggling with a moment that happened. With you or your family, something that, 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 that offended you deeply. So the question you must ask yourself is, what is it? Who offended you? I want you to think about it for a moment. Who hurt you? Who did you wrong? Who took your innocence? Who manipulated you? Who stabbed you in the back? Who cut you deep? Who walked away? Who was it that that made you feel less than who you really are in God? Who, Who did it? Who offended you? Because I don't know about you, when I read the Bible... It kind of bothers me sometimes. Because God, like when Jesus and Paul was speaking... They didn't give a caveat to the statement forgive. I wish it said, it just me, okay, because I'm a pastor, so I feel like maybe I could say this. I feel like I wish the Bible said, forgive those who deserve it just as Christ forgave you. I wish there was some like, you know, and when I go and study, the original manuscripts didn't have it either. And I'm looking for what, right? And is there's, there's tension there, and I'm like, I don't get it, God, because Jesus asks us to forgive everyone. Gosh, that hurts. Because some of us in here, you have a dad you need to forgive. He didn't hug you enough. He didn't love you enough. He, he, you were never, did anybody ever grow up with a dad that you just were, ne- nothing was ever good, come on, y'all know, was ever good enough. 
Maybe you grew up with a dad that was never, how about this? Maybe he wasn't there. Maybe, maybe you need to forgive a spouse. You know what the most, the most hurtful moments that can come from are those you pledged your life to? You remember that day when you stood in front of God and everyone and you held hands and you looked into the eye of your spouse and you promised you would never betray them? They promised they would never betray you. And then they, they guess what happened? They betrayed you. Or they, or, they, or they hurt you, or they offended you, or they, they walked away from you, or they, or they abused you. The person who was supposed to protect you abused you. Come on, it doesn't make sense. Or, or, or your friends betrayed you, or, they, or they, they lied about you, or this never happened to anybody in this church. Other churches, friends gossiped about you. They said something about you. They were supposed to defend you, and they jumped on the gossip wagon with the other person. Come on, like that, that didn't happen to me, right? That didn't happen to you, but other people you heard about and you read in a story one day on Facebook. Or, 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 or you, you were at school and a roommate stole from you, or you were bullied by the person who was supposed to protect you, or you were in a family who was supposed to guard you, or you, you know there was a family member who was supposed to love you and maybe they, they manipulated you or they, 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 they touched you inappropriately, they offended you, they violated you. How am I supposed to forgive them, God? That makes no sense. And so, so, so this is a tension, right? And anytime I preach on forgiveness, ain't nobody like it. Whenever we do polls on like what I'm going to supposed to speak, I'm like, hey, what do you want me to speak on? No one says forgiveness. But, but Jesus says we, we, this is an important mandate for us as Christians. So I believe that for us to forgive people, we need to know what forgiveness is and it isn't. I, I, I want to give you maybe a few things it isn't first because some of these things that we think are forgiveness is holding us back from forgiving. I'll give you an example. First one is this. Forgiveness isn't forgetting. I, I, look, I'll say something real quick, and you will almost immediately know where I'm going because everybody thinks this and everybody hears this. Forgiveness is f- forgetting, right? We go, forgiveness is forgetting. It almost rhymes. Well, if it rhymes, it must be true. How many of y'all know, like, like, there's a lot of things that people think that are in the Bible and are not. It's funny, like somebody told me the other day, well, you know what's in the Bible? Cleanliness is close to godliness. Oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> but, but, but cleanliness is good. I mean, I take showers four times a day. I, I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying, like, it's not in the Bible. And so forgiveness is forgetting is not a biblical thing. That is a cultural thing. Now, let me give you an example. I think that sometimes God can give us the ability to get past something and let it go and not have it bring back to our memory. But sometimes you got to understand forgiveness for most of us is not really forgetting. It's actually more like overlooking. You have to recognize there is an offense. It's not forgetting. It's not denying it. It's not pretending like it's not. It's not ignorance. Forgiveness is not ignorance. Oh, nothing happened wrong. That's not what it is. In fact, Proverbs talks more about love overlooking, being able to overlook an offense, overlooking the wrong things they're doing. It's not saying it didn't exist. It's saying I'm looking past it for you and for me because it's not forgetting. Second thing it's not is it's not enabling someone. I've talked to many people and just counseling and some people have said like, hey, I can't forgive them because if I do it, they're going to do it again. Um, here's the truth about it. Whether you forgive them or not, they're going to do it again. Doesn't matter. That doesn't keep them from doing it. You, we, we feel like if we forgive them, then it's just going to make them do it again. That's, it's not, forgiveness is not enabling them. 
The, 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 the root cause of most people who believe this and believe this to be a part of forgiveness is fear. And here's the last time I checked and I read my Bible that we're not supposed to be people of fear. That's not a byproduct of a Christian life, just so you know. Like, well, man, the more I get to God, the more afraid I get. That doesn't happen. The more you close you get to God, the more faith you have. We are called to be people of faith. In fact, my Bible says the righteous shall live by, by, by faith, not by fear. And so we have to believe and step outside of our fear sometimes and step into our faith sometimes to know that my forgiveness is not enabling them. That's not what it is. We can move past it. Number three is this. Forgiveness isn't a response to an apology. Some of us in here, I know, I've I'm, I'm met some, some, some of us, we, we choose not to forgive because they haven't apologized yet. When they apologize, I'm like, so somebody, you know, they tell me in a family, so we just need to, you may, we need to help you get some forgiveness in your heart for them. Well, I'm not forgiving them until they say sorry. Like, oh, okay. So this is the cycle that a lot of people of us get into, right? We, we think, we, this is what happens. We think, okay, the offense happens. We get hurt. We walk around. Somebody, somebody did something. Then we get, wait for an apology. Then we forgive. The problem is a lot of us are stuck in this section of the cycle, and we can't get out of it because we believe forgiveness is on the other side of an apology. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Here's why you know that. What if somebody hurt you? Here's the problem. What if somebody hurts you, the person that hurt you that you're supposed to forgive is dead and gone? How are they going to apologize? What if the person that hurt you and offended you, you don't even know who they are anymore? Maybe it happened in a moment where you don't even know who they were. You, you couldn't connect with them if they wanted. They couldn't find you. You couldn't find them. Come on. It happens all the time. What if the person that offended you doesn't, I'll give you a, I'll, this is maybe the worst. What if the person that offended you doesn't think they're wrong? Hello. You, you, they hurt you. You said something to them. You said, man, that hurt. That offended me. I want to forgive you. Will you say sorry? And they go, what are you talking about? You're the one who's wrong. That ever happened to anybody? Come on. So like, so, so for us to wait to, well, you need to, I'll forgive them when they say sorry. When they say sorry, I'll forget. I'm waiting. You're going to be waiting a long time. You're going to be waiting a long time. So it's not, a, it's not a response to an apology. In fact, I love what, what Ephesians 4 says. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. He, he, he's saying, he's saying you, you forgive them. You forgive them before. Just so you know, every major religion in the world teaches you should forgive those who say sorry. Jesus was the only, Christianity is the only religion that says, the only belief system that says, the only faith that says forgive them before they do. It's not a response to an apology. We forgive people because we were forgiven. It's a Christian virtue. It's not a response to an act of another unperfect, imperfect person. That's not what it is. It's not a response to an apology. And the last one that it's not is it's not reconciliation. Some of us in here are afraid to forgive because you think that once we forgive, we're going to go back into the things way things were. How many of y'all had that conversation? Somebody called you up. They said, sorry. Maybe you got an apology. You said, I forgive you. And then they said, hey, let's go have coffee. And you were like, that's not the way this works. Some of you needed to say, that's not the way this works. Because we think forgiveness is reconciliation. It's going to go back to the way things were. You can forgive someone and it not go back to the way things were. Your ability to go back to the way things were is not a, a, a sign that you have forgiven them. 
In fact, I argued last week, and if you don't, I'm telling you, if you don't have the ability, help, we'll help you. Go back and listen to last week's message about loving wisely. Some of us, for, in order for us to be godly and to be Christian and to walk with safety and wisdom, you can forgive and not go back to the way things were. You need to actually put up some boundaries. It's, it's true. Like there's a love wisely piece to this. Because why? Because forgiveness doesn't always mean it goes back to the way things were. I like how Proverbs says in verse chapter 30, verse 20, he says, uh, chapter 13, he says, walk with the wise, you'll become wise. But if you walk around with a bunch of fools, guess what happens? You, you, you get messed up. That's the Aaron version. You just get messed up. It just happens. It just does. It just is what it is. It's like, it's funny, like you don't need to be a Bible scholar to know what that says. That's just wisdom. You, in fact, that scripture's been proven in your life more often than not. You, have you ever noticed that if you go back and look at all of your life, all the bad decisions you made were always surrounded by terrible people? You didn't, you know, I don't make a lot of, like, I, I've just noticed, I don't make a lot of crazy decisions in a vacuum oftentimes. What oftentimes is I'll think of a crazy thing, I'll find another crazy person to validate it, and we'll go do something crazy. And then we blame God. Like, God, why'd you do that? Or you blame the devil. Like, devil, why'd you do that? No, give the devil credit. Like, you, you did that. You made a decision. So it's not reconciliation. So what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? A couple things that it is, I think, that will help us today so that we can make it through the holidays. First thing is this, is forgiveness is for you, not for them. It's for you. It's for you. I'll read you a scripture, Hebrews chapter 12. It's important. It says this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Everybody say weight. And sin that clings to us closely, let us run the endurance of the race that's been set before us. Like, have you ever noticed that the more bitter you are, the heavier you feel? I, I was, uh, I, when I was, I went on a, I used to weigh a lot. It's like 325 pounds. My, my uh, trainer, he gave me a, a weight vest one time. And I remember putting this on. And uh, I noticed that when I put on this weight vest, everything I did in life was harder. Like everything. Not working out, I mean everything. I put it on, it was harder to tie my shoes. I put it on, it was harder to take a drink of water. I put it on, it was harder just to walk around. It was harder to stand. Listen, y'all, it was harder to breathe. And some of us in life spiritually are carrying around a whole lot of bitterness. There are a whole, whole lot. And what's funny is, have you ever noticed every time you wake up every day, the, the enemy loves to come up and hand you another weight? Hey, don't forget. You forgot overnight that thing that, that offended you. And then they walk, he walks out. He, he's so good at it. He likes to come in. There's some weight vest you can put little more weights in it and you add more weights to it. He likes to come in. Why? So that you can walk around and feel trapped and feel like you can't breathe. I love how the Bible says, set aside every weight. Somebody say weight. You, you got to know when you let go of this, when you move past it and you overlook the wrong that's been happening to you in your life, when you forgive someone truly, you're just going like this. You're just going, oh. It's like, man, you take the weight vest off. All of a sudden, you can breathe whenever. That was my favorite time of working out. Took the weight vest off, and I felt like I, I, I could breathe again. And when you spiritually forgive someone, something happens inside of you, you, you could breathe again. Why? Because it's for you and it's not for them. You, you, think, you, you, think when you, you think when you forgive them, you're just helping them out. No, you're just helping you out. Because, because so much of our life, I'll give an example, I'll give you an idea. If you, you, you want to know how if you carry in weight, 
is if they call you and you see them on the caller ID and your, your stomach sinks. It ever happened to anybody? Or, or you, uh, you see them randomly in Walmart and then you duck down an aisle you weren't planning on going down. Anybody ever happen that? No, just me? You ended up in the cat aisle. I don't even like cats. Cats aren't godly. Some of y'all's ugly sweater got a cat on it. That's the hideous. Hideous. It ain't of God. It's abomination. My kids, can I tell you just a little side? This ain't even in my notes. My kids, they ask me all the time, Dad, can we have a cat? And I said, cats are evil. And they go, no, they are. Mom said they're great. And they walk off. Parenting with Pastor Aaron. So anyway. You duck down the aisle. You weren't supposed to go down. You, 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 you're not looking. You stop going to places you know that they might be at. It's like your favorite store. Did anybody give up your favorite thing because that person goes there? Just saying. Could be, could be a wait. Could be a wait. Second thing it is, it's canceling a debt. Again, it's not ignoring it. It's something is owed. There is a debt. Something did happen. You were offended. Something did hurt you. Something did go wrong. Something did, they did do you wrong. It's not ignoring that somebody did something. It's looking past it. You're canceling a debt. You're, you're saying, you, you owe me something, but guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm canceling it. I'm, I'm forgiving. Isn't that interesting how when you, when you, uh, when you owe a debtor and, and they, 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 they cancel it, what do they call it? They say, you're, we're for, come on, we're, forgi- we're forgiving your debt. Come on, come on. I'm going to read you a scripture. This is interesting what Jesus does. He's, he says, when, when you were dead, this is Paul speaking to the church in Colossians. He said, you're dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your f- flesh. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave you. Everybody say forgave. Forgave us of all our sins. I like how he says that. And then he goes, you didn't get it. Let me make sure you understand what happened. He goes in verse 14. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, you owed something. And the last time I checked, he said all. Everybody say all. He said you forgave all your sins. All our. All our. Which means in the Greek, all an hour. Yours, mine, neighbors, friends, colleagues, bosses, the opposite team of your football franchises, fans, people who own cats. All of them. All sin, all it's all it's all indebtedness. And when you forgive someone, you're canceling their debt. And here's what it's not saying: it's not saying it goes away. It's just saying Jesus paid it all. It's canceling a debt. It's canceling a debt. Third one is this: it's forsaking revenge. Forgiveness is not revenge. You got to let go of the get back. Some of us in here are letting know. You're like, okay, I'm going to forgive them as soon as I make it right. Anybody? Anybody? Any justice people in here? Any justice people? Anybody? Nobody? Oh, okay. Yeah, I would hide too. Yeah, okay. No, I'm, I'll, I'll forgive them, pastor, but I'm working on my plan. Once I make it right, then I'll forgive them. You got you to gotta let it go. You got, you got to let it go. That's Mosaic temple thinking. Just so you know, that's Old Testament Mosaic law where the where you, you, Bible, you hear this from people who don't know the Bible. they like, oh, well, you, Bible says eye for an eye. Yeah, that's Old Testament. That's law thinking. Last time I checked, I read my Bible. Jesus fulfilled the law. 
we live in grace thinking, covenant, new covenant thinking. Jesus' minds says when you get offended, we, 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 we answer that with love and for forgiveness. It's harder. And it's funny how you and I want to live under grace and make everyone else live under law. Last time I checked, that was a Pharisee did that. They did that all the time. And those are the people that Jesus loved to Jesus juke right in the throat all the time. He just did. He rebuked them more than anybody. Called them ugly things. Ugly. Like you a, you a cat. He didn't say that, but something <laughs> along those lines. In Hebrew-ish. Aaron version. <laughs> so I'm losing some people in our church. and They're like, I love cats. I'm never coming back. I'm just kidding. I'll probably own a cat one day, I'm sure. I have a lot of children. Um, but he did. He would, he, would, he would love to rebuke the people who love to just say, no, we're grace, but you're law. We're grace, you're law. We're grace, you're law. No, everybody, all, 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 all. It's forsaking revenge. You're forgetting the comeback, the get back. The last thing is this, is, is it's, a, uh, 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 it's a process. It's a process. It's not an event. I like how Philippians says this in chapter 2, verse 12. He says, work out your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. Everybody say, work out. Come on, like you mean it. Say, work out. Yeah, he said, work out your own salvation. You got to work it out. You got to just, there's a process of this. It's, a, it's not you're earning your salvation. He's saying, you got to work out what God has given you. Like, for us to be Christian, you got to wake up every day and throw the weight vest off again. Oh, I've noticed that forgiveness doesn't happen in a moment. Because some of us, when you get offended and you get hurt, you're going to have to wake up every day and say, I choose to forgive again and again. And again, and again, and then, because even there was one time in the Bible where they asked Jesus how many times they should forgive, and Jesus did like some funny thing. He was like 70 times 70. He's like, and they were like, so they're trying to add it up in their minds. I, I read this between the lines inside scripture. I felt like in that moment, even though it might not have been recorded, this is just how my mind works. I feel like Jesus says, a lot. Stop trying to figure it out. It's kind of like when you talk to your kids, you're like, kids, like, how much, you know, how long is it? How long do we have till we get to the destination, Dad? We're not there yet. It's a long time. Forever. Stop asking. Just do it, right? Right? So, so I'm just saying, like, there's something about a process that you're going to have to get over the fact that you're not going to have it in a moment. Forgiveness is not a spiritual gift. It's a process. Something you have to work out. Something you have to walk through. Something you have to do. So a decision you have to make. It's not an event. It's a process. So I want to give you freedom today. Listen to me. Check in. If you, if you, checked, if you checked out, check back in. Wake the person up next to you if they're sleeping. Look, look at my eyes. Look, look this, this is important. This is for somebody. Forgive them. Just, just trust. Just, if I have any, I'm closing with this. If I have any spiritual change with you, if you trust me in any way, look at me, look at me, look at me. Forgive them. Well, how do I get, and I can't do it. Forgive them. Well, you don't know what they did and how they hurt me. Forgive them. Do yourself a favor. Forgive them. There's no qualifying statement. Can I? If, if, if a pastor hurt you, forgive him. I'm a pastor. We tend to be the most jacked up people. 
forgive them. If a church hurts you, forgive them. If a friend hurts you, forgive them. If your boss hurts you, forgive them. I'm telling you, if your mom and your dad hurt you, forgive them. It's not right. It's not right. It's not right. But forgive them. The longer you hold it, the more you can't breathe. The longer you hold it, the worse it gets. The longer you hold it, I've noticed that when you don't take off the weight that day, the next day's weight comes on. And have you ever noticed that over time, that weight gets heavier and heavier and heavier? And every psychologist you talk to, every psychologist, there is no study in the world that will tell you that depression, high levels of depression and anxiety are linked to unforgiveness. It only hurts you. My prayer for you today to truly make it through the holidays is that you would forgive them with the power of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And I'm not minimizing what they did to you. I'm not minimizing your hurt and your pain. I'm just telling you God's bigger than it. And that maybe supernaturally today, you can have a, take a step towards your forgiveness in Jesus' name.